You are listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Now, here's your host, Lee Clamp. Welcome to another edition of the Advanced Leadership Podcast. I am excited today to have Craig Thompson with us. Uh, Dr. Craig Thompson is the pastor at Malvern Hill Baptist Church, has been for the last 14 years and um, and kind of host also to a, a podcast, The Ordinary Christian. And so I'm just encouraged to hang out with you a little bit today, Craig. Yeah, appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. So before we get into uh, just kind of talking about leadership stuff, man, what what do you like to do? What what's, what's something fun that um that that really gets you going outside of church people? Well, I mean, church people can get you I know, in different fun? kind of directions. Uh, but I um uh, I hunt. You and I were talking about that. We kind of share that in common. I like to pick up heavy stuff and put it down. That's that's my primary source of uh, stress management. Make sure I don't stay angry at the world uh, and uh, you know just get out and. Uh, sweat a little bit. So now, those, are those, any of those uh, heavy things deacons? Uh, most of my deacons are not actually. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. okay. Most of them are fit. R- right. Yeah. All right. So when you say heavy things, I mean what? We, we power lifting. We uh, we working out. We running. What are we doing? I I, I, well, I mean I, I run. You don't you don't really call what I do running. Of course, it's, it's yeah, moving. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I lift um, all, regularly. That's kind of been my primary form of stress management and weight management and health management for most of my life. So. I love it. Now, do you have a Rocky gym at your house? Or you I do. We, we actually did that during COVID. So my wife and I had begun that process prior to uh, sort of COVID shutdowns and um, and uh, with uh, with everything going as it did, we, we kind of went all in, maybe a little overboard on that, but uh, we've really enjoyed that home gym. It's a lot of fun. I I've got uh, four kids. So they come out and work out with me. Some of my older kids are getting old enough where they can, they can actually really lift. My son is doing a, a good job, so uh, he's. It's fun to see them hit that puberty age where he can squat and deadlift with me. And you know what, though, when you got your teenagers out there, isn't it, isn't it good? Doesn't it make you feel a little it, energizing because you're like, uh, no, it hey, is. That's, that's cute. It, you know, it, you've got a hundred pounds on the. the well, I mean, I, I'm gonna give my boy credit. I mean, he he, he can squat over three hundred, so I'm, I'm okay. proud of him. But right. uh, but at the same time, you know, it's it's always a really good thing to remind them. Uh, who's in charge when they're out there of with course. you? You know, they, they that fourteen year old kid thinks he's somebody for of a minute. Course. You know, one hundred and fifty pounds of nothing. So. Of course, yeah, yeah, five foot nothing, one hundred nothing. Yeah. Listen, I've got a son who's a junior in high school, and he's a big bad linebacker on the right. football team. And uh, he was bragging the other day, and so I had to just go down there and put two twenty five on the bar and show him what I could do. Now yeah. I didn't tell him about the next three days, you know, and right. how bad I was hurting. Right. But yeah. you know, uh, I was able to at least do that. Now you hunt too. So I imagine a man of of your stature with uh, with the ability to to lift heavy things. You kill bears with your bare hands, I assume. Knives usually. Knives. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. So what do you like to hunt? Uh, anything that moves. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. We we do a good bit of deer hunting. I'm, I'm trying to get on an alligator hunt this fall. So we'll see. Alligator I'm, hunt. I'm hoping, man. I'm hoping there's 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 a chance for me to go do some some alligator hunting down around uh, down in Louisiana. So we'll see if it works out. Just like the show, that man, yeah, right, right down there in the bayou, yeah, we're, we're excited about it. I'll, I'll be just in a little like John Troy. boat. Yeah. You're pulling it in. You and Troy hanging yeah. out in yeah. L.A. We call that L.A. down yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Now, uh, with with hunting, now you get into all the. I mean, like you put the deer stands up, you stalk them, you do all that kind of stuff, or are you you more like hunting club guy. What? No, I mean, yeah, no, I, no I, we've got a little bit of property, and I got some properties and friends that I hunt with, and we got stands up. Matter of fact, we put some stands up last week and nearly stepped on a water moccasin. We had a great time. Oh my. <laughs> See, all of these things are preparation. 
uh, for revitalizing a church, you see. And, uh, and that's going to be the topic of our conversation today because um, Malvern Hill Baptist Church is one of those churches in the state of South Carolina uh, where we have seen a dramatic turnaround and really excited about the growth that's happening there and the lives that are being changed there in the, uh, in the suburbs of Camden. And so I'd, I'd love for you to just kind of unpack the, the Malvern Hill story for us. So we've been at Malvern Hill for, for just over 14 years. God's been really good to us. I, matter of fact, I'm just talking with a guy on the way here about our story a little bit. I, I like to tell people that I, I pastor a church nobody wanted to pastor 14 years ago. And by God's grace, if I get hit by a train tomorrow, 95% of the pastors in this state would, 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 would love to get to pastor that church. And awesome. so I, I really appreciate that privilege. Um, God's been good to us. Prior to our arrival there, Malvern Hill was turning over pastors every two and a half, three and a half years. Um, longest tenured pastor in the history of the church was six years. And so for us to stay 14 years is really unprecedented. I set a new record every day uh, as the longest tenured pastor. So uh, we, we celebrate that. Um, but uh, God's been really good to us. We've, um, we are, uh, we're in that, that sort of edge between rural, we, nobody would ever call us urban, but rural and suburban. So when I first got there, even though our church would really look more like a suburban church, our, our congregation was, was probably 70% rural. Uh, most of the folks that were, were driving in, uh, we've seen that shift a little bit. It's, it's, uh, it's a little bit less rural than it once was. But um, but yeah, it's 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 really been a, a, a great experience. Uh, not not all the years were great. Obviously, we can look back and know there were some really difficult times. But God has been really gracious to give us an opportunity to have uh, impact and influence in our community. To go from being unhealthy uh, to being incredibly healthy. Uh, to go from uh, like I say, the place that nobody wanted to be to the place that uh, man it, pe- people love to be. So we're really grateful for that opportunity. What were some of the uh, key leadership lessons that uh, you were able to either learn or implement through the process that you feel like might be transferable to someone else who might be in the same boat in a church, maybe either getting just getting started in a, in a traditional church that they want to uh, see uh, God do some tremendous movement in, or maybe they've been there a couple of years and they feel a little stuck and they want to they see this thing turn around. What, what are some of those key leadership uh, principles that you found that are most helpful in that transition? The first thing I, th- I think is important to pastor the church that you're called to, not the church you want to, to, to pastor, right? Mm, you, you've got word. to pastor your people. Unfortunately, I see some guys that really get themselves into trouble because they are they have a vision, which is fine, but they, they begin to minister as though that vision has occurred and they pastor the church they, they want to be at rather than the church that they are at. If you're pastoring in a, in a rural community, you need to be aware of that, understand the the, the dynamics of that, and, and don't pastor that church like you're in the middle of Atlanta or, or New York City. That's that's not where God's called you. So uh, consider the places that God's called you to. Um, be patient. Don't don't do anything for six months. And that's nobody likes to hear that because they walk in and it's a mess and they know they got to fix it. Uh, man, don't don't do anything for six months. Just pump your brakes. Just love the people. Preach the word. Uh, be be wary. This doesn't fit real well with uh, uh, a lot of leadership models. Be wary of of casting these huge, large visions too early. Vision statements. God's word gives us enough vision. Love God, love others, and change the world. Uh, be 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 careful that we don't sort of overrun that. That you don't try and uh, beat your your people into something that uh, that you want them to be, rather than maybe what God's called them to be. 
uh, and be open to the fact that what you think they should be doesn't necessarily, uh, doesn't especially in the early days, doesn't necessarily mean that that's exactly what God wants or, or where it's going to all end up. So just be patient if, if you've been called to one of those places, if you're already there. Um, if you're not there yet, if you're in the process of moving to a new church that's that's going to require, and it doesn't really matter if it's a if it's a difficult place or not, if you're in the process of moving to a new church, consider how it is that you might bring about some change before you ever arrive. Like when you arrive at a church, you have so much, uh, people like to talk about it, Lee, I'm sure you use the similar phrase, leadership change in your pocket. You know, you got to be careful how much of that that you spend. Uh, the reality is there are some changes that you can bring about before you arrive if you have enough uh, intentionality about yourself. So in some churches, in our church today, if we change the bulletin, we changed the bulletin six times during COVID. Nobody even blinked an eye. I mean, I, I mean, it might have been eight. I don't know how many times. We feels like felt like we were changing it every week, and um, and we we just that's just one of those things that we change regularly with graphics and whatever. Uh, but when I first went to Malvern Hill, changing the bulletin was a big deal, and it was atrocious. I mean, it was they printed the bulletin each week on an 11 by 17 piece of paper. It was just white space all over, and it was ugly. It was terrible. Uh, when they're speaking to me about becoming the pastor there, I look at this, and I'm like, this is awful. Why is the bulletin this way? Well, I don't know. Well, I, I, I went to the search committee and said, hey, why don't y'all make some changes to this before I get there? Y'all mm-hmm. all know it's ugly. Everybody agrees it's ugly. Rather than me having to wear that one like a, like mm-hmm. a bad pitch, mm-hmm. how, about, how about you guys make that change before we get there? The church didn't have a website 14 years ago. Um, they needed a website. I said, hey, why don't you guys start that process before I arrive? Now, what's really cool is the, the search committee allowed me to have input into that. I was able to speak into that situation. But for, for anything that it cost me, um, it, it, it di- I didn't have to I didn't have to pay that out because they they wore that themselves and it was all done before I got there. So just some opportunities to bring about some small changes before you get there without it costing you. Well, you brought up a lot of uh, things that I'd love to unpack. This this whole idea of pastoring the church you're called to, not the one that you feel like you want to be at. I've heard uh, other leadership consultants say. Um, that uh, that that many times you're longing for another place. Why not just stay where you are and turn it into the place that you want it to be in? H- how were you able to personally deal with that through the years of, hey, this is where God's called me, and um, and I'm I'm not going to long down the road. How were you able to work through that personally? Not real well. A lot of times. I mean, if if we're just honest, there were a lot of days. Uh, maybe even a lot of years where it was like, well, you know, I'm sure God's called me to something else. And I'm in one of those situations where I had a lot of my mentors were saying, Craig, I, I, I literally had a guy say to me one time, I can't believe that, that God's left you in a place like that. Wow. Um, now, what's really good is it, it made me angry. I needed yeah. to hear that because I, I said, you know what, God, those are good people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, you need to back up. But That's good. Um, uh, I, I would be a little bit uncomfortable with even the idea that we should turn it into the place we want it to be. We need to be okay with that church becoming what God wants it to be. That's good. And with God changing me to be the person God wants me to be. That's good. You know, it's it's possible that my vision for what it should be is not what not God's vision for what I need to be. Um, so, but uh, but but back to how did I? Mm-hmm. I didn't always handle it well, and and there were a lot of times when I really tried to push. Um, but I, I can tell you that on the back side of those days, here I am at fourteen years. Uh, we have seen, and, and I, we've seen more good things happen at Malvern Hill in the past four years than in the previous ten. So wow. uh, I will wow. just say that the the longevity pays off. 
Hmm. They start listening to you around year seven, you know, and a lot of guys don't even make it to year seven. Well, and I think we've we've really messed that up. Um, church growth stuff, even even convention wise, we, we've 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 talked about churches and we talk about revitalized churches. Lee, you and I've had this conversation and, and it used to be and then maybe in some corners it still is sort of the common parlance was that a church is revitalized and, and a revitalization process was a three year process. Hmm. Well, we, we create that as a three-year process, and we have this idea that it can be fixed in three years. Well, then what it does is it encourages pastors to get ready. If it's not done in three years, then we believe it can't happen. Or if it right. did happen in three years, then we begin looking at the next place we can go. Mm, that's good. Right? But the reality is a, a, a lot of cancer in a church can lay dormant for three years. Oh, yeah. It might lay dormant for five years. Um, I don't believe a church is really revitalized until it can it can outlive the health of the church can outlive its senior pastor, mm, because um, a, a charismatic leader can yeah. come in, especially in a high growth area, and can grow a church really quickly. Mm. But has the church matured enough and been equipped enough that they could replace that pastor with with another leader that can carry them forward? You know, mm. has the church gotten to a place where it's not all about the pastor? A revitalized church has a whole lot of people that celebrate uh, the investment in their lives from somebody other than their pastor. Yeah, man, that's that's man, that's rich stuff. I heard you say, you know, sometimes sometimes it's 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 about changing you, not just changing the church. And a lot of times, I think that uh, we as leaders, we 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 get into this, uh, you know, when we're not satisfied with with um, the the number of people far from God that are crossing over from death to life, we want to change the church. When maybe the Lord's got to first start with you and start to unpack you and the things and changes that, that uh, He wants to make in you before you um, you start uh, moving to the church. And maybe even the church is part of the process of helping change you. You also said, uh, be patient. So, you know, a lot of times you got these hard-charging leaders. I'm sure we've got some that are listening today, and they're, they're ready to get going. They see the vision down the road. They're ready to roll. And uh, and this idea of being patient, you know, it's kind of like when the uh, when the disciples, you know, are told, you know, this is what we want you to do. We want you just to wait. We want you to go into the upper room. We want you to pray, and uh, and that patience of waiting on the Holy Spirit. So, talk talking a little, unpack some times where it was really hard for you to be patient. Maybe, maybe some times where your patience paid off. Um, let's talk about that for just a moment. Well, I, I think the easy thing to talk about when my patience paid off is again the fact that. I can see what God's done in the past three or four years. I mean, right now, so I'm 40 years old, um, 14 plus years of ministry there at Malvern Hill. I'm having more fun in ministry today than I've ever had. Uh, and that, that is the truth. And it's because God is changing lives today. And it's, it's wonderful and it's exciting. I, I think it's really hard to be patient when things are not good at the church. And, and that's what I think we need to be blunt, honest about. I, I was on the phone with with a, with another pastor on the way here this morning. He was just going through a really difficult time. You know, the church is essentially split. Uh, uh, a prominent family in the church packed up and left because they decided they needed to move a room here or move a room there, and it's it's really kicked him in the teeth. Man, it's it's hard to be patient when your family is is uncomfortable or unhappy. It's hard to be patient right. when you're not meeting budget. Um, th- those are the kind of things. So it's so let, let's let's first address the fact that sometimes when you and I are standing here in this uh, you know nice little studio and things are really good in our lives, we can lose sight of the fact that we're we're speaking to guys and saying be patient. And some of them are going, brother, you saying be patient, but I don't even know, I don't know what my paycheck looks like next week. 
You know, mm-hmm. you say be patient, but you don't know what my wife has endured over the last over the last week or two weeks. So to those guys that are listening, I, I would just encourage you to endure, right? Mm-hmm. To, 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 for us to not always just use the word patience, but to use the word endure. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just have to endure the hard days, and I'm sorry that you have to go through those things. Uh, for me, the hardest time to be patient was probably when things were kind of good, right? Not, not great, but kind of good. My patience began to wear on me when I saw what other people were doing. Oh, yeah. Right? When I lost sight of where God had called me, and I, I began to see, well, man, what, what if I went and did that? Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. What, if, what if I had that platform? What if I had those opportunities? You know, when when your friends, you know, take that that larger church or whatever, sometimes it's it's really not about the fact that my place is that bad. It's just that I get my eyes focused somewhere other than the place where God's called me. Wow, that's such a good word. That's such a good word. You know, there's there's two different types of people I see in the patience realm. There's those who who are who are not patient at all. And they just want to you know blow through things really quickly and and they leave just carnage behind them. And then there's other uh, men who might be even more patient, patient even to its detriment that they don't ever make a call. That's a defining moment call in the in the church. And uh, and put a flag in the sand and say we need to move and we need to move now and there may be years or even decades that go by uh, and those those moments of of courage those moments of leadership uh, just kind of pass by so why don't you speak a moment just to some defining moments maybe some breakthrough moments in this uh, in this story where there was a time where you know you as a leader put a flag in the sand and said, you know, let's do this, and, and we rallied and we moved. And it took some courageous steps potentially, um, but um, it worked. It paid off. Well, first of all, I, th- I think it's important that we probably clarify our terms. There's a difference between patience and fear or laziness. Yeah, that's good. You know, so, sometimes we're being the, – the book of Isaiah, I've been meditating on this this week, and since I'm supposed to tell it to you, I can't remember the verse. But uh, the book of Isaiah says that the Lord waits to show us grace. That's what, good. What an incredible thing that God mm. is patient toward us, wanting the nudge of Paris, of course, we know in Second Peter. But, you know, there's a difference between being patient and being fearful or, or just lazy, right? Patience says this is where we're headed, and I'm going to be patient about how we get there when we get there. Um Lazy says, we should probably do that, but I'm just not going to do the hard work. And fear says, I would love to get there, but if I, if I do something, somebody's going to turn against me. So let's just be, be, be sure that we're, we're being clear on the terms there. But um, there, there were certainly times and, and continue to be times that we've got to take courageous stands. Right now, I mean, you know, we're, we're on the back end of a pandemic. Uh, we're all trying to figure out what's it look like to, to regather. We, we had a, a lot of COVID in our church. We just had to pump brakes because we had a, uh, a an outbreak within the church, so we had to go back outside. And um, for a lot of pastors, sometimes making decisions during COVID has required courage to say, "Hey, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that not everybody's going to going to love this decision, but I, I think that we we're going to need to spend two weeks and, and and allow this make sure that we stop transmission here within our own church body." Um, so we, we see that, of course, we we've had to go through some building processes right now. We're, again, we're still in the middle of a, of this uh, of this um, pandemic and all the other things, and yet we're out of space. We're we're having conversations about buildings when building prices are through the roof, and when we're still in the middle of a pandemic. So that's we've got to figure out. I can't I can't wait forever on that, right? We we've got to move forward. Uh, really, the the first defining moment though for me at Malvern Hill came about three months in. We've been there for three months. Uh, there was a fella who was uh, a prominent member in our church, 
that decided I needed to leave, and they tried to get me fired in the first three months. Um, I made some phone calls. Turns out that guy had been a key in the departure of every staff member prior to me in the previous 20 years. Wow. Uh, the church had just never, ever. And the church had done him an, an injustice because the church, nobody in the church ever stood up to him. And so it allowed him to really grow ingrained in his sinful attitudes. Um, and so, I, I mean, I, I had to really do some things that were terrifying. I had to sit down with my chairman of deacon and say, you can either handle this um, or realistically 18 months from now I'll be dusting my resume off while I'll be back in the same boat that's not what I want I don't mind a bloody nose too much but I got a young wife and a, and a brand new baby and um, you know she, she's not going to be able to endure this forever so we, we you know called a meeting with a group of folks that have been impacted by his lies and his, his rumors and tried you know church discipline in that place but um, and, and that guy ended up leaving the church his wife ended up leaving the church and, and the, the spiritual fallout of that was was incredible. We had other, a few other key leaders that kind of got caught up in the spiritual uh, warfare of the situation. Left, so um, that that's that's one of those those moments where we had to to, to make a stand, and uh, and it was scary. Mm. Uh, it was really scary. You know, mm. I mean, we just bought a house, had a new baby, had a wife, and um, but we had to do the right thing. And uh, but but God was was faithful and. The, the blessing for me is that God had sent people into the church who were going to come up and, and rally around me. Unfortunately, some of the guys who listen to this podcast don't have that that uh, group of, of men uh, or women in their church who are going to rally around their pastor and say we're going to we're going to fight with you. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was my blessing. Uh, we had to we had to make a stance, but the blessing for me was to have a few few men that said, "Hey, we're going to we're going to put our, our stake in the ground with you. We're going to fight with you." And it, it always wild how when you. <clears throat> When you step out in courage, uh, knowing that it's scary but it's right, you step out in courage, and, and then the Lord deals with whatever situation's happening, and then it's unbelievable how the floodgates open after that. And uh, and so I'm, I'm sure that we've got um, pastors and leaders who are, who are out there today who just need a word of encouragement. So any final word of encouragement from you uh, today as they try to lead their churches to have some turnaround stories? Guys, I, I would encourage you to to find community. Um, if if your church is super unhealthy, you're you're going to have to find that community outside of your church for a little while. Maybe some pastors that you can lean on. But I would encourage you to build community within your church body. That that goes against some of the the old old popular wisdom for pastors. Um, but what I've found is that when the hard days hit in our church, having those people within the church body who are walking with us, who are laboring with us, who are fighting with us, that has sustained us in, mm. in, in the years when there were hard days. So I, I would encourage you, as scary as it is, and it is scary when things are unhealthy in the church, work to begin building community in the church. You might have to find that one person that's going to be your person, you know, that one family that's going to be your people. And then by God's grace, uh, prayerfully, that, that will expand to be even more people um, but uh, if, if you can't have that in your church right now, then don't do this alone. Find some pastors to lean on. You can call me. I, I love to talk. So I'd, I'd love to have that conversation. So do that. And then and then find a way to manage your stress. That, that'd be the only other thing. For me, I, I do. I, I, I like to pick things up. That's what I do. I, I know way too many pastors who don't have a hobby. And mm. uh, and because they don't have a hobby, they have work and they have family. And, and guess what? When you're a pastor, all those things, in, they merge together. 
Uh, I need a hobby that allows me to separate from 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 the work, from work, from from the house, and from family and everything else. And so, I mean, for years I didn't do a home gym, and, and I did I did it somewhere else where there weren't members of my church on purpose because I, first of all I needed a mission field, mm-hmm. and I just needed to be away from people that needed me all the time. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know, find that thing uh, and make sure that some some aspect of your of your hobby involves physical activity. You know, you got to deal with your stress or it's, or it's going to deal with you. The healthier you are, the healthier you can be for your church. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, well, you do the Ordinary Christian Podcast, yeah. and it may be helpful to some of the pastors. Their 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 people may might want to listen. So tell me about it. Yeah, so it's uh, it's not primarily aimed at pastors, but a lot of pastors are enjoying it, and it's not because I have much wisdom. Um, I don't claim that, but I've uh, been able to, to try and get some good good uh, guests on there. I had Joel Rainey on. Uh, some weeks back talking about biblical complementarianism, which was really, I, I think, important for us as, as Southern Baptists right now as we're kind of unfortunately fighting through these things all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had Amy Bird on uh, man, maybe a year ago okay. to kind of before she kind of exploded all those things. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's good, I think, for us to hear from her as well. Um, had Carl Truman on talking about his most recent book. So he's a lot smarter than me. If you can keep up with him, good luck. I had a hard time carrying okay. the conversation, as you okay. might imagine. But, uh, and then uh, we've done some other stuff with you know some other stat pastors in our church. We've God, God talking about uh, environmentalism and scripture. So a lot, a lot of good things on there. Okay, and they can find that by searching. Yeah, Apple, Apple, Apple iTunes or um, other, other, anywhere you can find podcasts, essentially. It's called The Ordinary Christian Podcast. You can also find that on my website at, uh, at craigthompson.org, and there's a link to the podcast there. Man, this has been so, so rich, and, uh, and I hope you are. Uh, I hope you are out there, and I hope you've been able to get uh, encouraged today. And, uh, and, and call his bluff. Give him a call. Uh, he'd love to talk to you if you're a pastor uh, in a church that's seeking to do that, especially in a context similar to, uh, to to Craig. So thanks for being with us today. Man, I appreciate it. Yeah, this is going to be great. But now it's time to stop listening and start moving. So until next time, accelerate the advance. Thanks for listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. This South Carolina Baptist Convention podcast is made possible through the cooperative program giving of South Carolina Baptist churches. For more information, visit scbaptist.org.